0: happy Happy father's day even though you're crying uh sophie still is a happy father's day all right so i i i don't think we can say happy father's day without some dad jokes so we want to play a game called grown or blown okay i'm going to read you some jokes and if you don't answer, I'll tell you the answer. And then you get to groan or say it's blown, okay? So that's what it is: groan or blown. Okay. The first one: At what time of the day was Adam created? A little before Eve. <laughs> blown or grown? Blown. Okay, all right. Okay, you're getting that. Good, good, good. Uh, did Eve ever have a date with Adam? they had a mandate <laughs> that's a good one i'll take that no but they had the forbidden fruit okay grown okay grown run okay how do you know the adam family played baseball that is the first family how do how do you know they played baseball in the big inning the big inning got it got it okay Eve stole first, Adam took second, and Cain struck out Abel. Blown or grown? Blown. blown. Okay, all right. Cool, cool, cool. Do you guys need an ark? I know a guy. Oh, okay, that's blown, blown, blown. All right, okay, all right. You know, I think about uh, the role that we have as fathers. So, So, You know, I got this this thought that I that came to me. I want to read that to you before I take you to God's word. Fathers. They have the privilege of being called Daddy, Abba, Dad, mere mortals, yet carry the weight of heaven's revelation of God the Father on earth. But they are men, they are often clueless, often the only ones who laugh at their own jokes. Often silly, often goofy, often need to be shown the simple things. Yet these are men who desire to honor God, love our mothers, and mean the world to me. Happy Father's Day. Would you turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4? I want to read to you from verse 1 to 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1 to 4. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight, for I have, I give you good precepts, do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one on the side of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments, and live. Father, we uh, thank you for the reading of your word. We pray, Father, that you would speak to us. Not of me, not of me, but of you, Lord, be glorified. Your people fed, our hearts encouraged, and that our lives transformed. All for your glory, in Jesus Christ, our Lord's name, amen. I want to title this uh, sermon as the power of presence, of dads who are present, dads who are present. Now, I want you to understand, this is not just about the physical presence of the dad, but, you know, when you you define this absentee dads, they are not there emotionally, they are not there mentally, they are not there spiritually, and I want to talk to us about that, about the power of presence. I want to start with a little downer, so that, you know, when you start down, you can go up, right? I want to give to you some statistics. This is Stats Canada. Stats Canada has this. 20% of the kids live in single-parent homes. Another 15% live with common law. And of those single parents, 80% of them are with single moms. This is a generation of absentee dads. In the U.S., 43% of children will have no recollection of who their dad is. So a happy Father's Day is not meaningful for them. And so, listen to this. What are the consequences because of absentee dads? Kids from fatherless homes, 85% of them join gang members. 75% of teen pregnancy is a result of that. 65% could commit suicide. And 75% might end up to be drug users. When I give you the statistics, sometimes you feel like this is not us. This is far removed. This is someone else, right? It can be us. It can be our children. But wherever you plug yourself, I want you to know that there is this power of presence that I want us to focus on. What does it mean for me as a dad, for us as fathers, to be present? Now, so it's, I wanted it to be a godly reminder and an encouragement. A godly reminder that the preciousness of being a father, the father's role is so important. And I want you to be encouraged saying that when God the father wanted to reveal himself to us through his son, he says God the father is the same title, same role that we get to to play out on this earth. So it's a very powerful thing. So... So before we get to the psalm, I want just to look at the context of the psalm. I just want to give you a little uh, layout of the land. And this is Solomon who is speaking to his son. He is the one who uh, is the uh, writer of this, of this uh, Proverbs in chapter 4. And this psalm can be divided, this proverb, sorry, could be divided into three parts. In verses 1 to 3 is the introduction. Uh, even up to four so that's what we're going to look at today but from from verses four to nine it's uh, Solomon is talking about how his dad what were the dad's instruction to him and then from 10 to 27 he speaks uh, the instructions that he has to his son I also want you to notice that there are three generations in this three generations okay in verse 1, it says, Hear O son. So the person who's speaking, the sons, that's one generation. And when you have the father's instruction, that's himself. And then when I was a son to my father, verse 3, and so there is this this father, this this father, then this person who's speaking, and then a son, the three generations. So this is multi-generational. So before you switch off and it says, listen, I'm not a father yet, or if you say, listen, hey, I, I'm, a, I'm a woman. I can never be a father. I want you to realize that this is multi-generational. If you are the meat between the two bread, if you are the meat between the two bread, that is, if you have a generation above you and you have a generation below you, I want you to know that this is applicable to us. Okay, so this is the power Of generation, uh, power of presence, but I want you to, I want to divide this passage that we looked at into three parts, and we look at those three parts, all right? In verse 1, we have the Father who gives the gift of instruction through his presence, verse 1, instruction. And the second one is involvement, which is in verse 3, and verse 4 is intention. All right, there's instruction, there's involvement, and there is intention. We want to look at these three things. But I want us to understand that these are like the three-legged stool. So if you have a stool with three legs, and if you remove one, that stool is going to what? Is It's going to fall. So you need all these three things. And the three things I'll, I'll connect to is these three things. The instruction, was the first one? Sorry, was the first one? instruction. The second one is involvement. And the third one is intention. All right. So, these three relate to three behaviors in a child. A, B, C. You can remember that. A, B, C. A is attitude. B is behavior. C is character. All right. Your instruction relates to attitude. Your involvement relates to behavior. And your intention relates to character. All right. So, that's going to be the the pan of what we're going to cover, but we'll go through it systematically, okay? All right, so, uh, and the greatest thing that really encourages me is this one fact, that God the Father, he instructs us, he's involved with us, and he's intentional about us, all right? So this is applicable to us, all right? So the first one, in verse 1, is the power of the presence through the instruction of the Father. Hear, O sons, the Father's instruction. And in verse 2, it says, i give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. And I said this instruction is about what? What is the A word? Attitude. Now, you have to ask me, what is attitude? What's attitude, all right? Attitude. Attitude is the approach to life. How do I approach life? How do I look at life? This is my worldview, right? What is? Who am I as I look at things that that? Catch my attention. How do I respond to it? And I want to say the instruction is the one that helps develop or change this attitude. And it begins with verse one. It says, "Hear, O sons, hear." that's shema. The moment you say shema, you would some of you but would be able to say, "Yeah, I know what that word is." Hear, O Israel, in Deuteronomy chapter six, and Solomon says just that shema. O sons, a father's instruction. Then he gives two things. The two things that he says, I'm going to give you instruction and I'm going to give you guidance. Two things. I'm going to give you instruction and I'm going to give you guidance. So look at that. It says in verse two, I give you good precepts and do not forsake my teaching. And it's important that we look at both of this. First, I want to touch on the teaching, and then we'll go up to precepts. Depending on the translation that you have in verse 2, those are the things that it says in mind. So let's look at teaching. This is about godly instruction. That teaching, the word teaching is the word Torah. you heard of that word Torah? It's the Hebrew scripture. So this teaching is about the Torah you see the the father oftentimes you see the father is the priest in the family Deuteronomy 6 we reference that that they would teach the children they, they're supposed to teach instruct the Torah to the family it's their responsibility um, a psychologist would tell us this is what uh, I, I forgot to write down the person's name but it says the parents are the single greatest influence on children that we as dads, we as parents, if we, ref- if we refuse, or if we are absent, if we neglect instructing our children, uh, uh, the culture of the world, the this world will surely grab their attention. They will develop the worldview. We have this responsibility to actively instruct. Or you might say, you know, I want to, but I just don't seem to have The time, and I know I've been saying Deuteronomy 6, sorry, it's Deuteronomy 4, okay, that I want you to turn to. Would you turn to Deuteronomy 4? No, sorry, I do want you to turn to Deuteronomy 6. Uh, The Shema is from Deuteronomy 4, it starts, but I want you to turn to Deuteronomy 6, okay. And uh, so the question you might ask is, like, I have this intention, I desire, I want to, but I don't seem to have the time. I don't know how to do it. In Deuteronomy 6, it's well laid out, and I want to quickly go through it and to say, how is it that we can instruct our children? All right, so first look at verse 7, chapter 6, verse 7, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Okay, but... Uh, um, before that, in verse 6, it says, And these words that I command to you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently. So the first thing is to teach. We have to teach. We have to, God's word must be taught. And it's taught, as in verse uh, uh, 6, that says, that we must first understand it. We must be committed wholeheartedly to know what God's word is saying. Because if I don't know what God's word is saying, I'm going to make up my own scripture. And I don't want that to happen. So when I teach my child, I'm doing that because I have understood God's word. And I, I, I want us to know that we're not too cool to have, you know, not to have this morning prayer or the evening devotion. No, this, those are fixed times, you know, disciplined times that I can teach. I can sit and talk. So first is to teach. But verse 7 also says, teach them diligently, and you shall talk to them when you sit in your house, and when, when you walk by your way, and uh, you see this, this thing, what is happening, is not just that you taught, but you're having this godly conversation. This conversation, you're moving them from concepts to conversation. So people understand uh, the kids can understand that there's no disconnect between what the law is saying versus what your life is saying. You see, you want, you to, you, you want them to say, listen, this is what is God's Word is teaching, but now come with me as I, as I talk to you along the way. See my life. See my life. Be uh, verse 8, it says, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and you shall be as frontlets be- between your eyes, and you shall write them in the doorposts of your house and of your gates. You'll be taking, you'll be, you be living what you're believing. This this connection that I, 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 I teach you what it is, I'm talking to you what it is, but I want you to know that this is part of me, this is my life. And they observe and they learn. And then in verse eight and verse nine, as we saw, uh, putting them on the doorpost and signposts, and it's like they're tagging, tag them, let them know. The Jews were to uh, wear their faith on the sleeve, as it were. Right? They had it on their frontlets, and they, you know, when they would pray, I'm not sure if you've seen any devout Jews pray, but they would have this. Uh, Box in which is a scroll tie tied around their head you know, and they're tied around their arms. Um, there's something called the mezuzah. If you go to a Jewish home, you will find uh, there's a cylindrical, sometimes metal, sometimes wooden box in which is this scroll that's rolled up and kept. Now I'll look at that and I'll look at how they pray. And I see how they're doing it literally. They've taken it literally. In fact, if you do a search, it will tell you there are ten rules on how to roll the scroll and put it in the box and what angle you would put it on your doorpost. You see, what's happened is they've taken it literally, but they haven't had any attitude change. And God's Word is saying this teaching is not just about external uh, works that you would do. But of a attitude change, that our hearts would te- that our hearts would change. So this teaching of God's word, this showing of what God's word is, and as I show it in my life as a father, my desire, our desire as fathers as parents, is that this this attitude change, this worldview there's biblical understanding, looking at the world and saying, I can see it only through the eyes of what the Bible is teaching me. That that would be true. That would be true. So Shema, my son, here, here, my son. That's instruction, but there's also this guidance, right? We looked at that and we said in in Proverbs chapter 4, let's get back to that. Proverbs chapter 4, it says guidance, for I'll give you good precepts, guidance. And if you look at your translation, some of the different words that you might find there as learning and teaching and insight and persuasion, again, this is you, you've taught them, you walked them through, but you want to continue to show them how the how is this life lived out practically? How does theology proper become theology practical? Uh, our children are, are crying out. He says, I understand you telling me this. I want to see it in your life. I want to see how this is lived out. I love the way the Ten Commandments is written. It, you know, if you, if you uh, Google search some, like Christopher Hitchens, for example, he, he, he just lambasts Ten Commandments. He's like, what, really? you got Ten Commandments and this is what you've got? But it's just one of the most beautiful. I mean, God himself has given it, obviously. It's great and wonderful. But one thing that really caught my attention is that when you look at those Ten Commandments, it can be divided into two parts. One that deals with God, the first three of those commands. And then the latter part is the one that deals with outward, with the society. But do you know what? Both this, the upward, the vertical, and the horizontal is linked by this this verse that says, Honor your father and your mother. It's the verse, it's the the law, it's the command with with the promise, the first promise, the the law where you get the first promise. And I want to suggest to you that home is the place where your children first understand what that worshipful attitude that I have for God continues on as a worship as I deal with the world this translation of, of who God is and what theology tells me, the theology proper, becoming theology practical, living out, is through homes. So God is designed for Father's instruction or the parent's instruction and guidance to be an important component of the overall growth. I don't know how many of you have tried to put together an Ikea furniture. Yeah, okay. So how many of you looked at that pieces of paper lying around and said, what is that? And you just throw it away? Okay. All right. Then you put it all together and then you pick up a piece. What is this piece? You know, what you just threw away, if you did, you know, yours truly. That's the manual. You see, our children want to know how is it that we can use God's manual for life, the Bible. They want to see, listen, you, you say this on a Sunday morning, you say this, but how, how does that get translated? How do you live it? Do you have a different worldview? You talk about one, but you live something else? Oh, you know, do you say, what are these pieces lying around? I don't know. Or do you look at the kids, your kids, and you say, "Who are those kids?" Like, yeah. <laughs> because we have not been present. We have not been not been present. And so, you know, I I I, I want to I want to say, fathers, we are under surveillance in our in our home. Not because we are perfect. I want you to understand. I want you to understand that not, they're not looking to us because we are perfect. We are, they think initially when they're young, they think we are perfect. Like there's no other father like that. And then the reality kicks in. But they want to see faithfulness, I guess. They want to see faithfulness. They want to see faithfulness. You see, because um, John Sowers had this to say, is the author of The Fatherless Generation. He says, this generation won't believe the gospel promise that God can be our father unless we show up in their lives with the same intimacy that God shows up in ours. Practicing this power of presence as we instruct and as we guide. And my prayer for all of us is this. I know as as we looked at that video with all those names of those toddlers, my cry was, Lord, we don't want to lose anybody. Nobody to be lost to this world. But my prayer is this for all of us as fathers, as mothers, as parents, that you would have the privilege of leading your children to the Lord. For there's no greater joy than to see our children walk in the truth. That they would know, they would know this God. So Solomon says, Shema, my son. Listen to the instruction. Listen that you may gain, be attentive, that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. So the first one I said is what? The instruction. Through the power of the presence through instruction. And the second one is the power of the presence through involvement. Okay, listen, verse 3. And this is so that we can model behavior in our children. So you have the attitude, the worldview is there. Now, how does that get played out? That's behavior. How is it exhibited? Okay, that's, that's behavior. Because our, our kids not just want instruction, but they also want involvement. That our, kid, that our fathers are involved. I'm not sure if you uh, try this often. Hey, kids, don't do what I'm doing, but do what I'm saying. Does that happen? No, because they're not reading our lips, but they are reading our lives in that involvement. I just love the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. We won't turn there, but in Acts chapter one, verse one, uh, Luke is writing the Theophilus, and he says these are the things that Jesus began to do and to teach. That's a great sequence. What he did, he began to teach. It wasn't just teaching alone. Uh, It's something that we can uh, make real in our lives. But I want you to look at verse 3 when I talk about involvement. There's a precious truth there in verse 3. When I was a son with my father tender, and the only one in the sight of my mother. So my question to you is, how many kids did David have? Give me a number. How many kids? Give me a number, guys. You know numbers, right? One, two, three. That's what I'm saying. Right, give me a number. Five? No, go high. 25. Go low. <laughs> it's 19. 19 sons. I mean, if you read the names, I mean, they may be 25, but at least the ones with names are 19, and one daughter, Tamer, named. He might be having... Others we don't know, but 19 kids and counting. So that's really something that <laughs> David started. That was, uh, the first episode was his. But how many, how many kids did he have with Bathsheba? Sorry? Actually four. If you turn, we won't turn there, but Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 14, it gives the names of four children that Bathsheba has had with David besides the one they lost, but I want you to notice. Okay, don't get caught up in this in you know getting the numbers right right now because the lesson is this. What is Solomon saying? Get to verse three. He says, "I was a son with my father, tender, and the only one in the sight of my mother." I, I think this is this is this is groundbreaking. Well, I don't know if all of his sons could say that, but Solomon is saying, I mattered. In, in the sight of my dad and by the sight of my mother, I mattered. I, like, I was like the only child. My dad can say that, but. There's something, the, the way he, the way he uh, expresses that talks about an involved parent. An involved parent. Wow. That I mattered. That I'm unique. That I'm special. And so Solomon is saying, listen, those instructions, because of his involvement, stuck. I've learned the lessons. Now Solomon takes time to speak to his son or his children about it. Someone said this: Our children must be raised up, not just not just that they grow up in our home. It should be an intentionally Christ honoring home. Not just not not just grow up. You know, we say, "Hey, I, yeah, I grew up grew up at home." No, no, growing up you come home, I'll take you to the backyard. There are a lot of things growing up that I don't want it to be growing up. The weeds. They got like deep roots. And it's easy to grow up, but to tend, to raise, is something else. And Solomon is able to say that you see you see the other thing that we must notice when i talk about behavior is because you know our focus on behavior right like behave right behave right we we, we've been taught this from the from when we were kids too like our behavior is like the most important thing but i want us to understand that if our focus is just on behavior and outer conformity they can easily fool us because on the outside everything looks okay but their heart does not change their heart attitude has not changed And so, therefore, unless it begins on the foundation of instruction of God's Word, unless it is about what God has said, about their worldview being biblical, then this instruction can only impact, this involvement can only uh, impact instruction at that point in the right way. Listen to what Josh McDowell had to say. The uh, house maybe together, but there is not the relationship. Truth without relationship leads to rejection. Rules without relationships leads to rebellion. Discipline without relationship leads to bitterness, anger, and resentment. So there's instruction There's involvement, which is this transfer, because not just the attitude, but how they live out the behavior. I came across a letter that uh, Francis Chan uh, received from his daughter when his daughter was moving out. I want to read that to you. I want you to understand, Francis Chan, his life was not the best His mother died as childbirth. His first stepmother died in an accident when he was nine. His father died of cancer when he was 12. And he was raised by his second stepmother. Now he is a successful author, a speaker, a pastor. They have seven children, Lisa and Francis Chan. They have seven children. Five of them are adopted. And I want you to listen to an involved parent. It's incriminating as I read it to you. We realize the many gaps, the many holes that we have left. But may it be a precious reminder. Now, does not to find fault, not to point fingers, but to redirect our attention to God the Father who alone gives us the strength. And the encouragement to be the parent, to be the dad. Listen to this. Daddy, the closer I get to moving away, the more I realize how much I will miss you. I will miss everyone, of course, but when I think of leaving, almost always I think of how much I will miss you. You're my twin, you're my playmate, my gym partner, my eating partner, my role model. You understand me better than anyone else in the world, and I trust you more than anyone else in the world. We've gone on so many adventures together, and most of my best memories are with you. Thank you for teaching me to trust God and always pushing me to develop my relationships with him. Thank you for encouraging me encouraging me to use my gifts for him and for being an example on how to come before him in humility and reverence. Thank you for doing stupid things and making weird songs and games that made even the most boring situations fun. Thank you for laying on my floor while I studied and singing in all those picture frames. Thank you for always making time to hang out with me when I was little till all the way till now. Whether it be at the driving range, playing catch, basketball, or going to the gym, or playing Settlers of Catan, or eating. Thanks for being my best friend, Daddy. Happy Father's Day. It leaves a lot of holes, a lot of lot to be desired. Uh, and as father, sometimes it's not easy to talk about how to be a good father. But I, I want to I want to say that our ministry, our first ministry, is to our family, to our wives and to our children. Because of how we can impact them, of how we see here this ongoing legacy. And so, dads, you have the power of presence. Uh, Someone said, Your kids would rather have your presence rather than your presence. Your presence more than your presence. And I say with, with having, you know, regrets in many areas as a father. But I see as young children, as young toddlers walk around and run around. I want to urge you, I want to encourage you of this role, this privilege to be a daddy. Instruction, Involvement. But there's also the third one, which is the intention. Not just the attitude, not just the behavior, but also the character. Look at this in verse 4. He taught me and he said to me, let your hearts hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my commandments and live. It's about developing this character. My commandments and live. You see, this is this call to instruction, call to character. Intention for the instruction and for involvement is so that we can develop this godly character in the lives of our children. So you might ask me, what is character? How do you define character? What is character, right? We got attitude. Attitude is how I look at things. That's the worldview. We looked at behavior, how I play out. That's behavior. But what is Character. If you allow me just that uh, a little bit of levity, I want to say characters to teach our kids that they're not the center of the universe. That our God is. Oftentimes we act in response to them as them being the center of the universe. Right? That's supposed to be the most loving thing. But it's only loving if they are made to recognize that God is the center of the universe God is the objective of our life the purpose in all of those and for his glory and that very soon we learn that intentionality that requires intentionality you can't really have this new kid by the end of Friday You see, the kids are black holes you know, some of you can tell you can respond to that with an amen they, they suck up all your time That's true. Whether it's one or more, thank you for acknowledging. And so the question is, Lord, I'm just trying. I, I, like, I want to. I've got this desire. Just take a moment to blink. I'm telling you this. You take a moment to blink and your kids are grown and gone. Uh, the window of opportunity that we have to impact, to influence, to be intentional, to be involved, to instruct is so narrow, so small. And so I want us to understand, fathers, that our children are the next big thing. They're, they're the ones we need to teach so that they become godly men, godly women for God. And that pain is worth it. What I want to do, I know we have past time, but if you'll allow me this, I want to quickly take you through three things that God does. Three things that God does to teach us character and throws, opens a window for us on how we can do that. All right, the first one I want to say is affirmation. The first is affirmation. and Romans chapter 8, 34 to 35, it says, who can separate us from the love of God? You see, God is not always excited and happy with what I do, but He's never, never, never made me doubt His love for me. We as fathers and parents may not necessarily always like what our kids do, but they should never doubt our love for them. Affirmation. Affirmation. His love is never at risk. You see, because good character is built on a foundation of love. Affirmation. Second, suffering. In Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4, it says how God uses suffering to build perseverance, perseverance to bring uh, about uh, uh, character, character to bring about hope, and he, he shows how he uses suffering to develop this character and this hope in our lives. And I want to say the reason why he doesn't give us all that we pray for is because he wants us to understand that certain things are not meant for us. And this the this, this suffering because God has not answered our prayer is good for us. In Matthew chapter 7, in verse 11, it says beautifully, it says that God who knows how to give you good gifts, will you not? give you right he he knows what to give you he knows the good gifts to give you not all the gifts to give you not all that you've asked for but the good gifts so our children they they need this vitamin this really this vitamin the vitamin n and the vitamin e vitamin no and vitamin encouragement you see vitamin no when you say no let your no be no not that you said no, and then you turned around and inconsistently given in because now you want to you know shut up their tantrums or whatever it be. let no be no through suffering, so first through affirmation, of course, you need affirmation, but also through suffering but notice this through service in John chapter 12 verse 26 through service whoever serves me must follow me and where I am my servant also will be my father will honor the one who serves me you see there's no consistent way to grow in your character besides service our children need to start contributing to the to the work at home, they need to give back. You see, they're starting to say, listen, it's not feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, or provide for me, give for me, but you start to include them. and They begin to realize that our life is a life of service. That develops character. Because if they, they haven't broken out of their mold that they're not the center of the universe, they grow up with being children at heart and keep thinking that they are still kids. Uh, They're still the center of the universe. So three things. We looked at three things, all right? We said first, we would instruct them for what? For their, what's the A? Attitude. Second, we'll be involved for what? Behavior. And third, we'll be Intentional about their character. I uh, I borrowed this. I mean, I took this as is from the movie Courageous that came up some years ago. It's about how we ought to be good dads. And there's this resolution for men. It says, "I do solemnly resolve before God to take a full uh, responsibility for myself, my wife, and my children." i will love them protect them serve them and teach them the word of god as a spiritual leader of my home i will be faithful to my wife to love and honor her and be willing to lay down my life for her as jesus christ did for me i will bless my children and teach them to love god with all their hearts and all their minds and all their strength i will train them to honor authority and live responsibly i will confront evil pursue justice and love mercy i will pray for them treat them with kindness and respect and compassion. I will work diligently to provide for the needs of my family. I will forgive those who have wronged me and reconcile with those I have wronged. I will learn from my mistakes, repent from my sins, and walk with integrity as a man answerable to God. I will seek to honor God, be faithful to His church, obey His word, and do His will. I will courageously work with the strength God provides to fulfill this resolution for the rest of my life and for His glory. That's a very powerful resolution. But I know why it's a resolution because we can only do it through the strength and the grace that God provides. And so fathers, parents, as stewards of ones who've been given this eternal soul to care for, I want to say that we we will all care and, and pray for each other because we want all of our kids with us as we gather around the throne. He, is, he alone can make that possible. It's, he alone can do it. But he gives us the gracious privilege and the responsibility. And we pray that we be found faithful. As we stand around the throne, we can hear from him, well done, good, and faithful servant. Father God, we thank you for all that you've been to us. Thank you, Lord, for entrusting us with, with children. Uh, we pray, Father, that uh, the thing that we can do on our own, we want to do through the strength that you give us. We want to be the faithful Father. We want to be that the role model, the template for the biblical worldview, the, the, the having this right attitude and, and demonstrating the right behavior so that our character is is seen as conformed to the image of Christ. We thank you. We thank you that this is possible, and it is possible through your Son, who so powerfully works within us. And so I pray for fathers today in a special way and for parents. We pray, Lord, we pray that in the roles that you've called us to play, those of us who've got adult children, Lord, that we will remind ourselves that there is a generation still below us that we can influence and impact. And so, Lord, that we will have our hands to the plow and work diligently and be faithful so that you're glorified in our lives. We thank you. We love you. Thank you for all that you've been to us. In Jesus Christ, the Lord's name. And all God's people said, Amen.